podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys, right down Bosco's Boys Lane. Santa Claus, Scott, and all the boneheads on Willie's crazy train. Chauncey's chewing on the mistletoe, oh, what a beautiful noise. Grab a brew and talk KSU, cause here comes Bosco's Boys. Here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys. Here comes Bosco's Boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for an episode that, I mean, look, it's it's going to be an interesting episode. We, we haven't had to have an episode quite like this one ever, but it is interesting, and it's something that's dominated the K-State conversations all football season long. And I think, as I will ask a question towards the end, I don't think this episode, this week, or even this month, I don't think this uh conversation this topic piece will have a bow on it maybe for the next three to five years but we'll talk about that in a second i wasn't going to do this on my own i was going to get someone that i trust someone who can tell me hey scott i think you might be wrong i was going to get someone who can look at things 13 different ways with analytics and with his heart it is a great looking man a great human being and one of my best friends Always meet your friends from the internet because they can become, in real life, great friends. The man, the myth, the legend, Jimmy Goheen. Jimmy, welcome back to the show. I hope you're doing well. We made it through Thanksgiving. Christmas season is here. Uh, We're in the Advent season, so happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you. Um, How are you doing, my friend? Doing well. It's kind of the stretch run of uh, being a teacher before break, you get the Thanksgiving break, and then you have uh, Christmas break on the horizon. So you're trying to maintain focus for a couple weeks here and finish off a semester. So that's been good. Uh, my wife and I got out to Fort Collins during Thanksgiving break, was which was nice to get out and see the mountains before the snow hit. So that was good. And uh, otherwise, life's pretty good. Just looking forward to more basketball games coming up and and where K-State lands in the bowl game at this point. Definitely. Uh, bowl game announcement should be coming on Sunday. I would anticipate that K-State will hold on to their number 25 spot in the college football playoff poll, meaning they will enter bowl season ranked. Um, we'll see what happens there. I'm thinking Pop-Tarts bowl, bowl versus North Carolina State. That's something that has been whispered to me, although the last time I tried to play breaking news when it comes to bowl games – was a few years ago when I thought that it was either going to be the Alamo or the uh, Pop-Tarts Bowl. We fell all the way to the Liberty Bowl, and I was tweeting it. I was saying all sorts of stuff. And then there's a certain segment of K-State fan bases who didn't like that I was wrong and really went after me. So, you know, uh, I'm not going to tweet it. I'm not going to say done deal or present it as fact. I'm just going to say, hey, that is stuff that has been whispered to me by a couple folks this week. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, before we get into the big topic, it still bothers me. Uh, Saturday, we're about five days removed. I thought by now I'd calm down a little bit. I'm not. I'm still pissed off about uh, 
that Farmageddon game in the snow. Um, I don't think he can take anything really uh, schematically away from that, from a game like that. I don't think you can, you know, make overarching comments about individual players or X's and O's or anything like that. But when you lose to Iowa state arrival, uh, when you give up that many points uh, versus a bad offense and uh, you, you can't get it done on any of those final three drives on offense, I'm just pissed, Jimmy. I I, I don't know. I mean, this the, I've had too many of these games this year where I said, oh, I'm never going to get over it. And I'm sure the emotional investment, you know, driving to and from Topeka in, in that horrible weather, horrible road conditions add into it. But um, I'm still a very emotional fan about it. I probably should move on, but I haven't. Uh, just give me, you know, a couple sentences on five days removed, your kind of takeaway from that uh, snowy Farmageddon game. Yeah. Um, first, tackling isn't that hard. Tackling is not that hard. Uh, just because it's it's snowy, it should not be that much harder. And the, the second thing is, is I, I don't like to pull this out, but I do think it plays into fact. Sometimes, quote unquote, want to matters in a football game. And I hate to say that I, I think we had some K-State players that did not want to be there, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And that, it's, I have no other explanation for it other than that. Like, I, we, this, you're right. I don't, the scheme wasn't that bad. Like, this was not Ron Prince, Tibisar getting misaligned and having no clue what was going on. This was just guys being in position to make a play multiple times that a 60 yard run or 70 yard run should have been a 15 or a 20 or maybe even a 30 yard run, but not a freaking 60 yard touchdown five or six times in a game. I'm with you. That, that was one of the most mind blowing defensive performances I've ever seen. And in non garbage to give up 15 yards of play to a team like Iowa state that is not rolling out Barry Sanders. Uh, it was really frustrating, uh, no, no offense to Abu Sama, who I think is going to be a pretty good player, but we made him look like the second coming of of Gail Sayers or Jim Brown or some freak from the 60s. So which of these three plays bothers you the most, uh, recording <laughs> this five days uh, beyond? The opening touchdown, uh, where it's just like, oh boy, here here we go. Uh, you know, if there's ever a time to have the want to, it, it, it's on that play. Yeah. The booster push touchdown uh, from uh, now former Wildcat Will Lee or the third and 17 uh, five yard out uh, where five guys just kind of watch Jalen Noel uh, just run up the sideline for 75 yards. So which of those three plays bothers you the most? Probably the third and 17 because we had a player on the edge in space. All he has to do is go outside and make Noel cut inside. And he's got four or five K-State defenders with nobody blocking them. Now, that's not to say they wouldn't have missed a tackle, but I don't think all of them would have. But no, you jump inside and let yourself get blocked, and then you give up a sideline. And 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 I firmly believe I've heard several people say this. 
and I hate to say this because it does sound like excusing or an excuse, but I do think if it's like a, a clean field, normal, even if it's 30 degrees out, I think K-State wins by 14 to 20 points. But I think guys not wanting to play in those conditions and then the 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 snowball, if you will, turning into a boulder rolling down the hill of just incompetence and in, in making plays on the defensive end just manifested itself the entire game. And it's not – you know, the first play you mentioned, we've seen K-State defenses – give up big plays early in games and adjust. And I thought, absolutely, that's what's going to happen. We're going to adjust. The push, I don't even know how to explain that one. That, that one was I, – I do think there was an effort to get to the ball carrier. Like, he had to run hard to get there. But to just not wrap up and – I don't know if he didn't want to fall in the snow. It was really – Well, he didn't even, like, try to punch to at the ball. or like, No, he just pushed him forward. Yeah. And, I think VJ Payne was coming from the inside and had the angle to make the play, but he pushed him out of the way from VJ. So yeah. it was it was just it was hard. I'm with you. I it's frustrating just to come back and think back and watch that. Um, you know, because usually, and I haven't yet. I usually and I will go back at some point because I have to have my chart of the offensive plays for the entire season. I've got all but this game, but I haven't been able to bring myself to even go back and watch it. Um, but I do want to see scheme-wise kind of what we did on offense because I, I think I know in, in general, and I think mostly it was decent. But like you said, it was still frustrating um, to to have three possessions in the end of the game and not be able to go down and score, um, especially when you've you've put their defense on the field 80 plays. They should be tired at this point, but they seem to get stronger in the fourth quarter after playing 80 snaps of defense, and, and that was also frustrating. So I, I get – some of the comments that we've seen about the offense, the more I think about it, the more I see why people are frustrated, though I can't excuse that defensive performance at all. Definitely not. Before we get to the reason for the season, or at least for this episode, shout out to Manhattan Brewing Company. I, I'm starting to see more folks in the Kansas City Metro tweet about, oh man, look what look what I found in my local liquor store. Folks, talk to your local liquor store and be polite, but I promise you, they want to sell beer. If you tell them, hey, I'd, I'd love some Manhattan Brewing Company in here, I bet you they're going to order a couple cases, and it's going to sell. They're going to be happy. You're going to be happy. Manhattan Brewing Company is going to be happy. But again, look, I've been saying this. Make it part of your basketball game day routine. Get a couple pints. Get a couple four-packs. Uh, heck, get a shot of bullet uh, bourbon. I know Jimmy, big-time bourbon guy. Get a shot of bullet uh, bourbon. They have some bullet cocktails on tap as well. Look, there's something for everyone. They even have non-alcoholic beverages. If you're not drinking, if you if you're like, all right, you know, I'm gonna wait till Christmas time to really cut loose. Hey, no, you don't have to drink. They have non-alcoholic. It's kid friendly. They have board games. It's the spot to be before you head to Bramlage for not only the men but the women's at, women as well. Friday, today, as you guys are listening to this, I, th- I believe it is a 6.30 tip-off with Jackson State. They're 5-1. and one. Of course, the Lady Cats, top 15. If you don't have anything going on, head to Manhattan Brewing Company and then Bramlage. You see Jeff Mitty, Aoka Lee, Gabby Gregory, Serena Sundale, the Glenn Twins, and more. But, of course, start it at Manhattan Brewing Company. All right. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's get into it. Will Howard again. I think there's only one other player, and and it wasn't even a full episode. Um, I I spent the majority of one episode talking about Deuce Vaughn's legacy, Um, but I, I think that Will Howard, the reason why I want to do this episode is I, I think it is new, uh, not only for K-State, but in, in the realm of college football to have a guy like this who is opting not to go pro to start getting money. Um, but, hey, it's time for me to you know play one more year of college football. It's going to be more lucrative to go elsewhere. K-State's fine with it um, because Avery Johnson is waiting to take over. So it's such a unique thing I decided – all right, I want to have a full episode to talk about this, uh, and you're always my go-to. But l- let's start off. I wasn't surprised. I've been saying it on the show. Will Howard wasn't going to be coming back next year. I assume you're not surprised he's not coming back. What level of surprise do you have that he is transferring instead of trying to go pro? Um, given, given the season that he and K-State had and the situation he's in, Probably not very surprised at all. You know, I think um, he's probably in position where he can make more money going to another team with an NIL deal than to to take a shot. You never know. You know, he could be Brock Purdy part part uh, Brock Purdy part two, but you know that's that's taking a a bet on yourself. Um, And he may still do that. He he said he's still exploring uh, the NFL part of things, but he's got to get pretty good information from folks, I think, to make that move. So it's good for him to keep all options open. And I think, you know, he's got a week or two to really kind of solidify that decision. Um, but like you, I was not surprised. You know, the portal era is here. This is going to be probably more normal than not here on out. And then, you know, you, you got to throw in the unique situation K-State is in with Avery Johnson in the fold and uh, bringing in your highest rated quarterback recruit um, maybe of all time Josh Freeman would would be in that conversation but uh, it still makes for a unique situation and I think at the end of the day it's probably the best possible move for both parties yeah I agree with you right there obviously for folks who don't uh, cover K-State closely I've seen a lot of surprise coming out of the Kansas City sports media Um, they're trying to I, I think I, I don't know. I th- I feel like they're trying to make a big deal out of this. And they're also pointing to two other quarterbacks going into or announce their intent to go into the portal with Jake Rubley and Adrian Lara. Um, I don't think there's I- any alarm bells. I don't think this is a big deal leaving a quarterback room. Again, you have Avery Johnson. You have Jacob Knuth, who uh, redshirted at Minnesota. Sounds like he won't actually get to play in the bowl game, which – we might talk about when we get closer to the bowl game. Then you have the on three, number one player in Colorado, the number 30 quarterback in the nation and a guy who broke Christian McCaffrey's Colorado touchdown records and Blake Barnett. I'm looking forward to 2024 and beyond. 
I think there is negative one. Like there is less than zero concern for the health of the quarterback room, and there's zero alarm bells for me. Um, did any part of you like raise a mini red flag saying all three quarterbacks going into the portal within 24 hours of each other? Not really. I mean, honestly, the big the biggest surprise was probably keeping all those guys here last this whole season. Like that's the surprise of all this is that all those guys chose to stay, um, especially uh, those two with Rubley and Lara with Avery Johnson coming into the fold like that's the surprise that those guys stayed now. And and I do, I think this is, you know, I think this part of it is going to be a, not every year, but this is going to be a new normal. Like this is just part of what the portal is going to bring to teams that if you're going to have guys that, that play and play pretty good and are decent, but if you bring in someone, obviously that's going to push them, then guys aren't dumb. I mean, they're going to see writing on the wall. They're going to see, Maybe they need to make a decision um, that's best for themselves. So I wasn't surprised by it. I don't begrudge Will Howard at all for the decision he made. I think it's probably the right decision for him. And I think at the end of the day, it's probably the right decision for K-State. So um, I think it's win-win right now. We'll see what the future holds and what it turns out for each party. But I think right now it's the best possible solution for everybody involved. Yeah, and, and, and again, I, I'm hoping, you know, Jake Rubley and Adrian Lara land at a spot where they get to play. Um, so I, I do think it's what's best for everyone. Um, looking into Will Howard, and I've wrestled with this question. You and I have actually uh, talked about this, and I've I've heard folks, you know, a friend of both of ours, Make It Rain, uh, MJ, uh, he, he kind of agreed with what I had to say. I've had people in the DMs who say, actually, no, I – I'm wrong on this, but I I think that the love-hate relationship between K-State fans and Will Howard, I don't think it is actually any different than what I think 99% of college quarterbacks deal with in their career. I, I think for quarterbacks, whether it's at K-State or elsewhere, there's always the initial excitement. Uh, for Will Howard, it was coming in, uh, you know, in – uh, out of the bullpen for Skylar Thompson, that Texas Tech game and, and getting a win. And then, uh, you know, even though he didn't play very good, you know, the Texas Tech win and then the KU win after that. Uh, and then the initial excitement through the roof. Then I think there's always a disappointment when it comes to quarterbacks, because at the end of the day, that's the toughest position to play in college sports. Starting quarterback at a major university, there's going to be some trips. There's going to be folks who write them off. And then, hey, the roller coaster is on the way back up because, hey, you're never as bad as what, you know, people want to think. And then you build up these high expectations um, and then, okay, folks kind of have to have to deal with that. I think and and I could be wrong. This goes into the Will Howard legacy. I almost think that some fans are. Uh, fighting scarecrows or punching at the air, really trying to magnify a microscopic fraction of the fan base who are Will Howard uh, detractors. Um, Because it's, you know, we saw Ben Sennett after the Texas game. We've heard Will himself talk about, uh, you know, dealing with some of the the blowback. Am I now overcorrecting an overcorrection or how do you now sit back out now that the Will Howard era is over and see his relationship with the fan base? 
Yeah, I, I definitely think it's very mixed. You know, I, I do think the world that you and I partake in of Twitter X and social media and message boards does bring out the more vocal bunch, on, probably on both sides. Because um, I, I, I think with players, uh, number one, as fans, we analyze our own players, our own team more than other teams. And, and I think we probably think, even a lot of people think they're being subjective in comparing quarterbacks to other, other teams around uh, the league or the country. But I, I do think we, we overanalyze. Uh, we have our priors. Uh, Will Howard's career has been kind of a mixed bag, um, thrown into the fire so early, um, thrown in as a, as a true freshman in a COVID year that was just crazy, and then thrown in again in a second year. And I think there was an expectation, well, he's going to be better, and, and maybe that second year he wasn't a lot better than the first year. Um, so you had that, and then you just have the splash of last season and rattling off those wins after the TCU game. And, and getting K-State to a Big 12 championship um, that <laughs> kind of swung so many people the other way. And then that builds these expect expectations going into this year. And then this year was, you know, sort of a mixed bag. There was good, there was bad. Um, uh, probably the low point being the Oklahoma State game. Um, trending into the Texas Tech game, though the Texas Tech game was then salvaged by Avery Johnson. And then you had that dynamic. And, and then – uh, becomes a mess. I think everybody at the time of Avery and Will together was like, well, one of these is guys has got to emerge. And then that happened and Will emerged. And then, you know, you almost come back to win the Texas game. You have opportunities to win in overtime. Um, you don't get it done. And then you have last Saturday, which, you know, was far from Will Howard's fault. Although, you know, we talked about the offense had the ball three times in the fourth quarter and, and couldn't do anything with it. So, um, all that you gotta kind of put all that together in the pot, mix it up, and 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 then that's gonna just lead to, um, you know, kind of what we've seen this season with fans going back and forth, and you know, and then expressing their priors whenever they talk about Will Howard, whether that be good, whether that be bad, or whether that be somewhere in the middle. And I think we've seen that the full gamut of all that this season. Yeah, and and again, when when it comes to the fan relationship with Will. Um, I, I do think it's interesting, and, and this might be something we talk about here again in a little bit. Um, he was a backup to a guy who himself was a lightning rod. Uh, you and I have talked a million times about, uh, you know, everything Skylar Thompson yeah. went through. And, and unlike Will, he had to deal with it from the coaching staff as well. Will Howard, at least. And I think this is a good thing. I'm not I'm not trying to be like, oh, you know, Skylar even had a – no. I think it is a very good thing that Will Howard never had to deal with the uh, coaching uh, staff and the head coach and some of the stuff that Bill Snyder was saying uh, going through the Alex Dalton, Skylar Thompson stuff. Um, but he, he was a backup and then uh, he was a backup again, only to emerge, you know, and, and win the big 12 title. And then, for, I mean, for better or worse, you have to call a spade a spade. He was then benched for a true freshman in a big 12 road game. Uh, <laughs> And he, through all this, he still ends up with all these records. He still ends up with all this type of stuff. And I understand some folks will say, oh, different eras and different offensive coordinators and all that type of stuff. But for for what? Out, out of his entire 
what, 48 game career, roughly, roughly. He was on, uh, you know, K-State for 48 games. Um, He was the preferred quarterback. He was deemed the best quarterback for probably less than 12 games total, like by the fans, you know, maybe a game or two uh, his true freshman year. Uh, when folks are like, okay, you know, Skyler's been disappointed. Here, here's this true freshman. And then for a handful of games last year, because it took a while for the consensus to be him over uh, Adrian. And this year, I mean, for large swaths of it, folks, you know, fans were wanting Adrian. I, I, I just think that part of it is unique. I, I think there are a lot of things about the, the Will Howard situation at K-State that isn't unique. This is just what fans react to with college football. I do think playing that many games, but being seen as not the best quarterback on your team, three or four different guys being seen, you know, fans saying, Hey, we think this guy's bad. That's a very unique aspect to the Will Howard and fan relationship. Definitely. Definitely. And and I mean, you've mentioned Adrian Martinez and Avery Johnson, but let's, let's remember Jake Rubley was brought in is a four-star guy, the much more touted guy. This is the guy that's going to take over for Will. So this, he, I mean, he's had three guys basically brought in to be replace him or to surpass him when they were brought in as recruits. So the fact that Will Howard stuck around as long as he did and, and gave himself the opportunity to be a Big 12 champion at, at, at a quarterback position is pretty extraordinary in and of itself because, you know, he went through the ringer even though – you know, I think Kleiman does a good job of being supportive of his players, but when you when you see the, all these guys being recruited over you um, while you're still there, that's got to get in your head a little bit too. And he's had that experience his entire career here, so um, that that also is thrown into this mix of 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 what is the legacy of of Will Howard. So I think you got to keep that in mind uh, as we as we think about this. It's just it's it's not a black and white thing. It's got some layers to it. And I think it's fun to talk about. And it's interesting to talk about at a school like K-State that you've had all these things take place with your quarterback position. You brought up a good point because Jake Rubley, he commits, uh, you know, I think dirt, like what, right before the Liberty bowl. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe my timeline because he he committed before Will Howard played a game, right? He committed <laughs> uh, like 2020 before the pandemic popped yeah. off, uh, and then you wait for him to to come to uh, to K State. You're completely right because the whole idea when he committed and then Skylar Thompson announced he was going to come back for his COVID year was okay. Skylar's coming back for 2021. That's going to allow Jake Rubley to uh you know figure things out and will howard uh for for better or worse up until this year or going into 2024 he he's leaving before it happens he was you know the proverbial cat that couldn't be killed you yeah. know he he stuck around uh skyler coming back for a super senior season he held off jake rubley uh he saw a, a four year starting quarterback brought in and then right when you think in his senior year, you think, all right, it, the reins are being handed off to Avery Johnson. Uh, when they're trading, uh, you know, series for series, Adri- or, uh, Avery doing well, but Will doing better. It, it, that, that's a great point to, 
even add the Jake Rubley thing. He he was the cat who couldn't be killed until uh, twenty twenty four was just looking like nope, I, I can't hold off the kid anymore. Yeah, I, I think that's what happened. I mean, I think the writing kind of came to the wall, and uh, and I, I and I think he, I'm sure he's got the confidence to think, well, I can come back and I'm going to win this job. Like, there's no doubt he has the confidence to believe that. I don't think it's any fear of Avery Johnson, but it's just knowing in his mind, at least, that you still have this kid breathing down your neck. And if I mess up, I'm going to be done. And I completely understand that. Now, I do think the future and looking forward to what Avery Johnson can do uh, is exciting and it should be exciting for K-State fans and we can look forward to that, but that's really not what this pod is all about. But, but I do think that was the factor uh, essentially at this point to Will saying, well, maybe I should move on. I think there's some merit too to thinking, well, if I go to another spot and have success, that might help my pro chances, my NFL chances, and it wouldn't be bad to be part of another system. So I think that probably plays into it a bit as well. Although, although I do think, you know, Kleiman's track record and his system of producing NFL quarterbacks that at least get a cup of coffee has been pretty darn good. So he's still got that experience, and now he gets to to give it a shot somewhere else. Before we keep it going, let's talk about Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle, not only do they put out great stuff, but they support K-State NIL efforts by having the Wildcat NILT. Might want to get over there and get a Will the Thrill shirt. That's going to be a collector's item here soon. Of course, the K-State beef celebrate Cooper Beebe going back-to-back as D- or offensive lineman of the year. They have the double trouble Gabby Gregory a- and Aoka Lee shirt. Mr. Big Shot Tyler Perry and King Arthur. Again, not, this isn't a basketball episode, but those two guys really saved the bacon Versus Oral Roberts, both going for, uh, did they both get to 20? I don't know. It was close enough with Kaluma. I know Perry got to 20. I, th- I think Kaluma got there too. But check them out. Get your NIL shirts over at Charlie Hustle. And again, I don't think they're going to publicize this. I think they're going to keep it quiet. And by the time you guys hear this, it might already be sold out. But the uh, black varsity jackets with the lavender uh, varsity Wildcats with uh pennant Willie on the side, flag Willie on the side, just got restocked. I don't think there's a lot of them. You know, Jimmy's looking at me. You might want to move quick, Jimmy, uh, because <laughs> by the time folks listen to this on Friday, I don't think there's going to be very many left. So check out charliehustle.com, vintage made fresh. Get yourself a gift, buy some gifts for your loved ones. All right. Before we talk about you know, the entire legacy. What do you take away from Will Howard's final career at K-State? I think over the last few days, I've just landed on he is who he is. I think the hype train, which I 100% was part of, if you go back and listen to Blitz Month episodes, I'm talking about what does he need to do to be in Ring of Honor? Could he be a Heisman dark horse? All this type of stuff. I, you know, I, I was talking to the bonehead. Oh, what does he need to do to be considered a... Uh, the number one cake state court, like all this type of talk, I was 100% part of it. I'm not trying to shy away from any of my own personal, uh, you know, contributing to the overhype of Will Howard. Um, but I think this is just who he was. I think honestly, this is the season you could have realistically expected out of him with the roster uh, that K state had. Um, what's your analysis of the season 
And uh, do you think it really was, hey, this is just always who Will Howard has been and fans just maybe, fans, media, everyone just kind of maybe uh, hyped it up a little bit too much. But I will say this, today he was named second team all Big 12, only behind Dylan Gabriel. So again, maybe saying this just, he is who he is, might even be underselling the season he had. Um, but, but I do think this is who he is, you know, a, a top half of the big 12, good, but not necessarily great quarterback. Yeah. I, I think, I think there's a few things you think about as, as you, as you think about this point. Um, number one, the hype for the season was, was a big part of it. Um, and as you said, the hype for him going into the season was a big part of it and what he could possibly do, although he couldn't quite dethrone Jalen Daniels for, the preseason offensive big Patel player of the year somehow. Um, anyway, that's another point, but that was part of it. Um, I, I do think he is what he is, is a good way to put it. Um, I think he's very good for the majority of the game. He's very good in the system that Colin Klein has him in. Um, he also had to battle up and down receivers this year that I think he had to get used to. I think there was an adjustment period to not having Malik Knowles and Cade Warner and Deuce Vaughn in the system that he went through. And I think Colin Klein also went through. Um, You had your offensive line, you know, you you had Duffy injured early. And I think that contributed to kind of some sporadic play early in the season. And even sometimes as the season went along, so you had all these things go along with it. But at the end of the day, it's fair to say, Will Howard was a really good quarterback. Will Howard uh, led an offense this year that's top 15 in almost every advanced metric uh, nationally, not in the Big 12, NAS nationally. Over three points per drive, uh, which is number 12 in the country. Uh, 55% yardage rate, which is top 25 in the country. Um, in the Big 12 only, number one in points per drive, 3.16, almost 3.2 points per drive. in scoring touchdowns on almost 42% of our possessions in big 12 play, which is really good if you don't know that stat. Um, So the offense produced, but you also have to say, and I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit. You had games where K-State had the ball in the fourth quarter multiple times against Missouri, against Oklahoma State, uh, in overtime against Texas, and in Iowa State game where K-State had chances to come drive and tie it or take the lead or win it. And they couldn't get it done on offense. They just simply didn't get that, get it done in those situations. You did have, which I think is proven to be a very good team. You did have the comeback, you know, and people somehow forget this one. We just went to Lawrence, Kansas in KU's best team since 2008. And Will Howard led two huge drives to, overcome not just a one-score deficit, a two-score deficit, and then help lead. I think the reason that's forgotten, though, is because – and this isn't to take it away. I think the reason it's forgotten is they scored the go-ahead touchdown very early in the fourth quarter, and it was kind of more of a, okay, defense defense made the big plays late, and he did lead the four-minute drill starting with five and a half minutes. So so that – not to take it away, but I do think – uh, that is why that game is kind of like, oh, you know, push that off to the side. Um, no, I, I get it. I get it. 
but but I think that's significant. But but that's the only game that it happened. So I get it. It's basically one for four this year in those in those close games. Um, so so I think you throw that into it. Um, I do think the second team selection was deserving. Although part of me is like, I think maybe that was like combined with the last part of last year and this year, um, which is fair. I think that happens sometimes when when coaches and media people vote on those things. So um, I think that factored in. But I think, you know, that, that's a legacy point that he did get second team all Big 12 uh, his senior year in a, in a year where K-State went a solid but disappointing 8-4. When you look back five, ten years from now, how how are you going to personally look back at the Will Howard legacy? I I I think it'll be very positive for me. Um, I think you know some of the things we mentioned. This is a guy, you know, thrown in as a fr- true freshman during the COVID year. Uh, did some good things. Struggled at times. Uh, like I said, challenged by recruiting, being recruited over three times basically during his career, um, and holding all those guys off at some point. Um, ultimately had that magical run last year to finish the season and get K-State a Big 12 title. Um, and then, you know, what I would call a successful but slightly disappointing 8-4 and four, uh, this year. Um, against Big 12 teams the last two years went 10-4 and four is kind of what I would call the main quarterback. So I would take the Tech game this year out of that, um, not count that as a win for him. But, you know, that's a solid, not great. That's a solid record. Um, that's a record that – will get you in position to get toward the top of the league, but maybe not win the league. And I think that's ultimately what happened this year is, you know, K-State was in contention to win the league up until um, we knew Friday that they couldn't. Uh, But we were put in that position. But then, you know, obviously, you know, we didn't finish against Iowa State. We wanted, like we wanted, we talked about that. But um, it's it's kind of crazy when eight and four is is disappointing and frustrating for K-State, but I think with expectations this year, that's a that's a fair way to describe it. But, you know, for the most part, I think we'll look back at Will Howard as a guy that overcame a lot, did a lot of good things, and, and was a K-State Big 12 champion. All right, so the next three, these are questions I've been asked a handful of times. I'm going to ask you them as well. Where does he rank on your personal all-time K-State quarterback rankings? So really good question. I went I went in and, and did kind of a deep dive into K-State quarterbacks. I think we know the names and we know a lot of the numbers, uh, but I, I put together, <laughs> like I would, of course, a spreadsheet and a bunch of different charts and uh, looked up a bunch of different numbers. Um, I kind of did some sorting. You know, we know Kate, you know, we know Will Howard has the passing TDs record at K-State, but I looked at uh, a bunch of different categories, past CDs in a season, passing yards, passing yards in a season, passer rating, completion percentage, touchdown interception ratio, yards, uh, rushing yards, yards per rush, rushing TDs, and then total TDs, rushing and passing, and then per season, total rush pass yards, and then per season. And and Will Howard is top 10 in every one of those categories at K-State in his career amongst K-State quarterbacks. Um, and then I looked at you know, were you a first team all leaguer, second team? There was once third team selections, honorable mention. Uh, were you a Heisman candidate? And then were you a Big 12 champion? So I kind of put all those together. Um, I think there's 
looking at all that, I think there's definitely a clear cut top 10 for K-State quarterbacks. Um, and I'm going to go kind of through those. My top two, I think the top two are clear and above the rest, Michael Bishop and Colin Klein, both Heisman candidates, both first team selections, um, both um, 11, 12 win seasons. So I think those two are clearly um, what I would consider the most talented. Both of those guys had K-State in a legitimate national title contention as quarterback. So those would be my top two as a clear top two group. I think then, I think there's, this is where you you have debate points you can make. Um, I kind of would put my next group of L. Roberson, Chad May, and Lynn Dickey. Lynn Dickey's a tough one because he's the old guy that you have to go way back and look at Dickey. Um, he was a two-time All Big 12 or All Big 8 selection in his time, first team. Well, there really wasn't a first team. There was just an All Big 8 at the time. Um, and he, even for his day, he went 15 and 16 at K-State in three seasons. When K-State was bad. Program. Didn't he get like some that. Heisman votes as well? He did, and he was a Heisman uh, – got 10th in the Heisman his senior year. So – that's why I kind of put him in the conversation. Now, he also has a K-State record that I can 100% say will never be broken. 64 interceptions. 64 interceptions for Lynn Dickey. Like, that's three years. That is wild. And that's to go with 29 TDs. So it was a different time. It was a different system, different world. Um, but but Dickey's definitely in the conversation, you know, Um then you have uh, L. Roberson. You know, we we know what L. Roberson did. He won a title. Um, he's on the ring of honor, but I think it's debatable. This is the most debatable one. He had two third-team All-Big 12s, which is not really even a thing anymore. And he had one uh, – no, he didn't even have – he had one honorable mention. So he did have three years of honors. Went 25-10 and 10 as, a, as a starting quarterback or as the main quarterback, so – I'll give him credit for that. By the way, Michael Bishop was 22 and three. Colin Klein was 21 and five, which are by far the best two records for quarterbacks. And then you have Chad May. This is a, a different one because it was right at the cusp of Snyder 1.0 and K-State becoming good in football. And I think Chad May was a huge part of that. He was a first team selection, which I think gives him some credence. Uh, and also earned honorable mention his junior year because he was a two-year player. And he went 18 and five. So – that's why I put him in the conversation in that top five group. And I think, to me, those five are kind of your clear-cut guys. And then I'll go to number 10. I think Skylar Thompson is number 10. Um, I think he's definitely a top tenner. He would have been um, top 20... five if he if he got more time with Colin Klein. My guy, Skylar. I think, I I think you're right. I think you're right. Maybe not top you know, five, but he would have been higher. He was, he was an honorable mention guy, all Big 12, one time. And went 24 and 16. So so that leaves you with a group of four. Um, Will Howard's in that mix. He has a Big 12 title. He has a second team selection. Like I said, he's on 14 of those lists. Here's Will Howard's accolades as far as a top 10 quarterback K-State. Passing TDs first. Passing TDs per season. And that's even including his first. I'm, I'm counting him as four seasons. Fifth. Passing yards. Fifth. Passing yards per season, sixth. Passer rating, seventh. Completion percentage, ninth. Touchdown to interception ratio, tenth. And that's with those two first seasons. Yards rushing, seventh. 
Yards per carry as a quarterback, sixth. That would probably surprise some people who think he's a terrible rusher, which is just stupid. That doesn't rushing surprise TD, me, by the way. Rushing TD, seventh. Total TDs, rushing and passing combined, fourth. Total TDs per season, seventh. Rushing and passing yards, total sixth. And rushing and passing yards per seventh, per season, ninth. That's a pretty good list of honors for Will Howard. He's in the mix in a lot of things. Then you have Josh Freeman, who is, you know, his problem is he was part of the Ron Prince era. And most fans cannot overlook that. Also, he was his best honor was honorable mention All Big 12. So um, he was never a first, second teamer in the All Big 12. Part of that was probably playing for Ron Prince. Also, uh, go back is, and look at some of the QB numbers. I mean, that's yeah. the height of the Texas Tech offense. Yeah. Going head-to-head, as much as I hate to say it, uh, frat boy, party boy, Todd Reesing, yeah. uh, Chase Daniel, no that's a Heisman uh, yeah, yeah. finalist. So he went up against some all-time great QBs. Yeah, and he's he's first in yards and second in TDs at K-State in history. So, you know, he's got some pretty big accolades with those marks. <clears throat> then you have Jonathan Beasley, 21-4 and four as a starter, uh, earned third-team honors one year. Um, and was a really good quarterback, both running and throwing, but not superb, but really efficient, really good. And then finally, Jake Waters, another controversial kind of guy. I I think he may be. I don't. I'm not saying he's the best quarterback, but I think he may be the best college passer we've had. Josh Freeman could be in that conversation, but I mean, as, as a college guy, just throwing the ball around, Jake Waters was really good. No one else on that list got to play with Tyler Lockett, who I think is that, the best wide receiver we've ever had. That definitely plays in. I mean, that that plus plays into fact. I mean, Chad May got to play with Lockett's dad, so I think that would be the closest. Yeah, that's that's probably the Chad closest. Lockett was really good. Like I saw him live. So. No, no, I'm I'm not trying to take anything away from that, but but he did no, get to play with Tyler. Got, you know. Curry Sexton was a really good receiver too. Like that, that was- that's true. All I'm gonna say is, you know, he he split time with Daniel Sams in 2013, and it was Daniel Sams who was the honorable mention All Big 12 guy. I'm not did, saying your notice, list is wrong. I did notice that. I'm not saying your I list is wrong. That. I'm just saying in no world would I put Jake Waters in front of Skylar Thompson. Uh, but I'm also very biased. But I, I like the way you broke that all down. Gun to your head, where are you putting Will amongst that group? Yeah, you know, he's that's a it's a tough one for me. Like that six, seven, eight, nine spot, you know, I I probably ju- judge Josh Freeman too harshly, but I would probably put him at nine. Um Beasley I might put at six just because of the winning success we had under them. And then it would be between Howard and Waters for seven and eight. So that's kind of where I'm at. You know, a lot of people would disagree. Some people would put Freeman a lot higher. Some people would put Thompson, like you just said, ahead of Waters. Um, I do think it's fair to say Waters had Lockett and, and Curry Sexton. And then I, I think it's fair even to go back and say Chad May had Lockett and Tyson Schweiger and Mitch Running, who I think were probably the best trio of receivers K-State has had together on the field at one point in time. So. Those are all, you know, you got to factor all those in. But I, you know, I looked at this a lot the last couple of days, just putting this together. And I I do think it's a clear top 10. After that, I don't think, you know, you got Brian Kavanaugh, Matt Miller, 
Jesse Ertz, and then it kind of falls off after that. Well, you can't argue with that. Um, I, I mean, especially because you do your homework, you lay it all out. Uh, again, I think I think my only bias, I, I probably have Josh Freeman and Skylar Thompson higher. Skylar, I, I admit, is a an emotional <laughs> uh, connection. I, I love that kid, and uh, I man, I just if he was just a few years younger, I, I, I do like I like him uh, a lot too. Man, he went I, through a he went through a ton. Yeah, he he did, and, and you know that, that's all good. And I will say, man, if you're get if you're turning the injuries off of of quarterbacks, being able to turn it off of Skyler and, and Jesse Ertz and seeing what they might have been able to do, yeah. who who knows? All right, uh, I think I know the answer to the next two, but it's been asked to me quite a few times. Uh, will Howard is he a good K State quarterback or a gate or a great K State quarterback? I, I think I know the answer, but I won't I won't presume. Uh, I'll let you answer. I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with really good. To me, great is Bishop and Klein. Bishop and Klein are great. Um, Roberson in my lifetime was pretty close. Chad May was pretty close. Lynn Dickey maybe was pretty close. That was way before me. Um, and then you know we got that mix of guys we talked about. But to me, when I think about great quarterbacks, it's got to be Michael Bishop, Colin Klein, and I don't think anyone else is quite there yet. All right. And then uh, the, the final one, and, and this has gotten heated. Um, oh, I, I oh, don't. One more oh. thing. One more thing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. While we're here, my next group for the ring of honor. Yes. Because this is not the quarterback, but the, I think there are four clear cut ring yes. of honor guys. Please, please, please. Chris Canty, who's gotten, I think, hosed because of whatever. Oh, my. Um, Yes. And I, and I don't think he's ahead of the, my last guy, but Nick Lecky as an offensive lineman, Deuce Vaughn, and then Cooper Beebe. Yeah. I think those four are clear-cut. You look at the, the All-American list, and that's what I go to first. Like, like to me, I think – I know that's not a requirement, but I do think almost some sort of All-American should be on the list, and those four were all All-Americans, and they, they all should be on the Ring of Honor someday. In the next I, class, I would say. I agree. I, I don't know because Cooper and Deuce are still uh yeah. on the young side. I don't I don't know how they'll do it. I will say, um I believe Felix and Udike Uzama now is only joined by Cooper Beebe being yeah. a player of the year back to back yeah. years. Uh him being defensive lineman of the year, back to back years, and he was uh defensive player of the year in the conference. Uh, I don't true. think we have a ton of those guys. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many All-American honors he ended up getting last year. I I mean, it, it wasn't consensus by any means. Yeah. But I'd put him in the in the list of, of the modern guys. But uh, Canty, it, it's a crime. It's not up there. But we'll move Fair on much. before I say something that, that pisses me <laughs> off. Um, I don't know. I don't know if my opinion of uh, Will Howard not Ring of Honor Worthy is going to get me in as much trouble, especially with the young kids, as me saying Barry Brown is not a Rafters guy. Um, but I'll <laughs> ask you, is Will Howard a Ring of Honor guy? I don't think he's quite Ring of Honor. I, I you know, if you judge him the same way that maybe L. Roberson is judged, maybe, but I don't think L. Roberson should be on the Ring of Honor personally so 
Uh, and that's not to say that he's not a good – I mean, hopefully people don't take this wrong that I think they're bad quarterbacks. But I think the ring of honor is a special deal. Well, especially and, and when you look at the guys up there for Case. Yes. Again, they're, Grogan is up there and Brown based on what they did in the NFL. And I'm kind of like, eh, come on. And Sean Snyder, yeah. okay, consensus All-American, fine. Even David Allen, if you want to throw it in there. I, I get it. Consensus first team All American, but punter and a returner, eh, I don't know. But when you look at all those other guys, Al Roberson doesn't belong, and neither does Will yeah. Howard. So I agree with you. Not, not yeah, to say they're not good, and maybe even K State Hall of Famers. There's a lot more K State football Hall of Famers than Ring of Honor guys. Put them in yeah. the Hall of Fame, not Ring of Honor. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, and I, and I would, I would not say, I would do this, but if if me to me if there was another quarterback on there, it should be Chad May over L. Roberson or Will Howard. I I agree with you. I agree with you. I I kind of had had landed when asked, being asked these questions about the quarterback Mount Rushmore and my own rankings, having Chad May up there. So um, I'm glad I'm not an idiot. Um, all right, I have <laughs> I have three final questions. Actually. Uh, here's another one. D- does it change at all? And again, this is something that we may or may not have to worry about, but, and, and again, I'm, I'm fine with him leaving. I think it's best for K-State and Will Howard, but I will say any part of me who's like, yeah, maybe he deserves to go up there kind of went out the window. The fact that he will play for another team after K-State, I don't know if that should affect it. Um, but it does. Um, I have no issue if you end your career at K-State because, you know, I could be talked into Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson going up in the rafters. Um, But leaving K-State to play for another school, not ending your collegiate career at K-State does does kind of drop you down a bit. Like if Deuce Vaughn would have played last this year at Texas or Texas Mm A&M, I don't think I would be putting him on the ring of honor. Um, So I'm just – I'm throwing that out there. But here's the final three questions – uh, on how much do you think Will Howard's legacy five, ten years from now is going to be shaped from these three things before the final question? The first one, how his upcoming season, if he does stay in college, so this is dependent on him choosing to go to college, how much of his legacy is going to be determined or affected five, ten years from now based on his super senior season? Um, I think it will for some regardless. I think it's going to depend on, and this is where in today's age of media everywhere, if he says something, K-State fans feel is disparaging toward K-State. I think that's going to be the key part of that. And I don't think he will, or I don't think he purposely will uh, do that. But I, but you never know. You get an interview, um, you you know, we've already seen some emotion from him this year in, pre- in press conferences about the situation he was in this year. So um, I don't foresee something happening, but you never know um, in the heat of a moment if something might come out that that K-State fans might take wrongly. And, and we all we both know K-State fans can take things wrongly uh, based on comments of players or coaches, even when they don't mean a whole lot by it. So I think that will be kind of the key. Uh, I don't think how he plays will have much bearing, but I do think 
what is said, whether it's intentional or not, could. What about a potential pro career? How much would that affect it? I I think that's pretty. That's even that's more minimal to me. Um, I I think you know you mentioned some guys that are probably on the Ring of Honor because of their pro career. I think that's silly. Like I think the Ring of Honor should be what you did at K State. Nothing to do with. And not disrespecting those guys that you both we both know who we're talking about. Um, I don't mean to be disrespectful to them, but I think your career should be based on what you did at K State. And if you weren't an All American or even all Big Eight in your big your K State days, and then somehow you had a decent pro career, that shouldn't put you on a ring of honor at any university, in my opinion. And then finally. What will Avery Johnson's career do to affect the Will Howard legacy? Well, that that is a more interesting question, I think, and and I think the hope is um, what we've seen just down the road um, in Kansas City is you're hopeful. Will Smith is viewed as the Alex Smith, or Will Howard is viewed as the kind of Alex Smith type, and that he helped foster and bring along a guy in his first year that then went on to bridge K-State to even higher heights. Um, whether that mean, uh, means another Big 12 title, pushing for a college football playoff, whatever. So I think that's your hope is is if Avery Johnson's career goes as we all hope it does and, and all think maybe it, it will, um, then I think, I think that can enhance the Will Howard legacy, in my opinion, um, as a guy that helped – Avery Johnson. I know you're going to have the people that already are thinking, well, if we would have played Avery Johnson this year, we would have won a Big 12 title. I don't believe that's the case at all. I think the the mix that, that Klein played with those two was a, probably about as well as you could do it. And I think we probably maximized it with getting that win at Texas Tech um, with Avery Johnson kind of being the surprise guy. And then Will eventually taking back over was probably about as good as we could have hoped for. And and so I think Avery Johnson's career could be viewed that way, and it will be by some. There's no doubt about it. But to me, it's uh, Will Howard as Alex Smith is 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 my hope. So I I I think you're you're taking it the correct way. I'll tell you this right now: his legacy amongst K State fans in general, or at least I, I'm not going to say in general, amongst the Twitter and online fan base. If Avery Johnson has uh, what we consider a great K-State career over the next two to three years, Will Howard's value amongst that group of K-State fans is going to decrease. And then if Avery Johnson sputters, say we don't get back to a Big 12 title game for five to ten years, I think that will increase Will Howard's value amongst uh, at true. least th- this that's portion true. of K-State fans. So that's how I see it going. But we'll see what happens. Final question, then uh, I'll let you get back on with your evening. When it's all said and done in Chris Kleiman's career, Chris Kleiman's year at K-State, so a lot of things at play. How long is he going to coach? You already have him uh, in front of Skyler. So, I mean, you know, he's definitely in the top three right now. Is Will Howard going to be considered a top three quarterback in the Chris Kleiman era at K-State? Well, well, given what you just said, and I I do – put Will slightly above Skyler, just a lot because of the Big 12 title, um, for sure. Um, I will say if the plan goes as we hope it goes, Avery Johnson is going to be 
in the top three. Um, hopefully above Will Howard, in my opinion. I hope he, Avery Johnson is the best of the Chris Kleiman era. And then I hope Blake Barnett is the next best. Yeah, I hope he's the next best. <laughs> but, but over that time, if if Chris Kleiman has two quarterbacks better than Will Howard, that means, in my opinion, at least two more Big 12 titles at, at minimum. Then, then that would be a very high ceiling for K-State football over the next five to six to eight years or however long Kleiman's got left. So um, if, if that happens, that means great things for K-State football. That means great things for Chris Kleiman. And that means great things for Will Howard, even that he would win a Big 12 title and be fourth or fifth on the list of quarterbacks under Chris Kleiman. That would be pretty impressive. The better question might have been, you know, uh, Colin Klein era, because, you know, I think uh, the, the at least the, the dream of all K-State fans is, yeah. uh, you know, eight to ten more years of Chris Kleiman and whether or not Colin Klein is alongside that entire ride. But then you just pass the torch to him. Um, that might be a conversation for another time. Uh, yeah. But anything else you want to say about Will Howard before we call tonight? Um, just to echo what other people have said um, about Will, um, the on you know we've talked mainly about the on the field stuff. I also think he's been a great off the field locker room leader, promoter of K State. Um, always said great things about. K-State, K-State football, his teammates. Um, and that's the kind of guy you want leading your team. That's the kind of guy you want at your your school. Um, and, and the fight he had, you know, to, to go through and be patient as uh, this staff invested in him but also recruited over him and still to, to come out on top last year with that Big 12 title and have a pretty good senior season, not maybe what we'd all hoped, but Eight and four is solid any year for K-State football, even if it's not um, up to quite the expectations, which I agree that it wasn't. Um, But I'll always be thankful for uh, what he brought to K-State football and um, on and off the field. um, Great guy, great kid that fought and did a lot of good things for this university. So appreciate Will and, and everything you brought to K-State and and I do look forward to whatever his future brings. I'm I'm not one, you know, I will follow him passively wherever he ends up. I will hope he does well, but I don't get into anybody that leaves K-State. I'm not, and it's not to disparage them. It's like, I'm, but I'm invested in K-State. Like I'm not going to go become a Washington fan or Kentucky or something if Will ends up there just because he's there. So that's kind of where I'm at with that part. No, I'm right there with you again. Uh, I would have been much more apt to follow him, uh, you know, if he's fighting for a roster spot in the NFL versus uh, playing in the Big Ten um, or ACC or wherever he lands. And, again, nothing against him. I'm not going to root against him, but I'm not going to be tuning tuning in for, you know, Kentucky versus uh, Vanderbilt if he ends (laughs) up, you know, with Mark Stoops. And I'm not going to watch Washington versus Rutgers to to get a – get my eyes on will howard yeah. again so that epic big 10 matchup Washington oh god i just <laughs> whatever i and, and and look i i i want the best for him and if he goes on has a big year and he gets drafted i'm going to try to 
claim him as ours, even if, uh, you know, by all the draft <laughs> records, he will be a Washington Husky or, a you know, a Kentucky Wildcat or whatever. Right. Um, I, I do want good things for him, but you know, he, he's done with K-State and uh, I'm not, and, and I'm kind of serving this as kind of the, the bookend of, of the Will Howard uh, stuff. Uh, Monday, I'll be talking about some of the other portal uh, uh, departures, um, but but I, I thought Will deserved his own episode, and I'm glad you could join me, Jimmy, and um, looking forward to it again next week. So this is dropping on Friday. Monday, like I said, I, I will be reacting to whatever K-State's bowl game is. I'll be talking about some more transfer portal exits. Um, Tuesday, we'll have a Q&A. Wednesday, I'm not sure. Uh, cause Tuesday night is the Villanova game. If I go to that, I don't know if I'm going to come back to Shawnee and record an episode or what I might pre-record something. I'm not quite sure, um, but we'll at least have Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday next week. So Wednesday might break this year's streak of consecutive weekdays, uh, but stay tuned. So again, thank you so much to Jimmy. Uh, if you're not following him on Twitter, um, I mean, look, you're probably not on Twitter. Um, he, he's, he's the best in the business. Uh, and, and a good friend. So for Jimmy, for my dog, Chauncey, best dog in the world, my name's Scott McFarland. Please consider giving to some charitable organizations close to your heart during the season of giving. We love you guys. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas time. Uh, because I think this is dropping on December 1st. I mean, see, even if you're a Christmas denier at this point, when you're listening, you have no choice. Uh, so again, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. We love you guys and go cats. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fourth day of Christmas, the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five golden rings. Four calling three French hens, turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. My true love gave to me. Eight ladies dancing, seven ladies dancing, six ladies dancing, five. You better not shout. You better not cry. You better not in a pear tree on the ninth. On the eighth. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Here we come to swimming. Six ladies on five golden rings. Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves. Here we come up on the boar's head, and there I be decked with bays and partridge in a pear tree. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eleven pipers piping, ten loads of leaping, nine ladies dancing, eight maids and milking, seven swans of swimming, six geese of laying, five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my I have a little dreidel. I made it out of clay, and hey, when it's dry whoa, and ready, whoa, 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 a dreidel I shall play. Whoa, 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 oh, dreidel! Twelve days of Christmas. What? Yeah, Christmas. Eight, eight days of Hanukkah. Oh, it's a Christmas medley. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. On the twelfth day, my true love gave to me. Twelve drummers drumming like Olympus above the Serengeti. Eleven pipers piping, ten lords a Ba, 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 I had Christmas down in Africa. I had Christmas down in Africa.
Network.